Welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. At Anchor Church, we like to say, we have this hope. During this series, we learn about the past, present, and future of Anchor Church and everything that we stand for. We are continuing the series, We Have This Hope. But if, uh, if you were here last week or if you weren't here, it doesn't matter uh, because we're going to continue what we were talking about last week. And we're talking about Anchor Church in the month of September because we're gearing up to our one-year anniversary, our first birthday. We're going to sing Go Shoddy, It's Your Birthday. That was the worst rendition of 50 Cent ever, but we're going to do it anyway. But one thing that we've been doing, we've been walking through what is the anchor, because when we talked about creating and developing this church that God has planted in my heart and in my mind for many years now, um, we talked about putting together a logo that would be able to define who we are so that when people said, what is your church about? What is Anchor Church all about? People should be able to describe what the logo is and in a nutshell, tell everybody what we're all about. And last week we talked about this, that we, it should say we ain't because that's not, that's not perfect language, right? But we're not perfect. We aren't perfect. We are not perfect. And inside the, 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 the logo itself, there's blemishes. There's different things about the, it's not symmetrical. There's different things about that logo. If you really studied it, it it's not perfect. It still looks good because <laughs> we all look good, right? But we're not perfect. But because of our imperfections, which we talked about last week and, uh, and previously at Anchor Church, we talked about how you're not perfect. Um, but this week, we're going to talk about how we need Jesus and how inside our logo here, you'll see that there's a cross there. And so, so it, because of our imperfections, we need somebody who was perfect, somebody that would pay the penalty of our sin debt and Jesus paid that penalty for our sin debt on the cross. And you can see the cross at the central focus point of that logo. And last week, and I'm going to continue on, on a couple of verses that we had last week. And a couple of them are found in Romans chapter 3. And it says this. It says in Romans chapter 3 verse 10, it says, As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. So when we talk about being perfect or, or trying to live up to a certain standard, and even in this society today, like we, we do acknowledge that, you know what, I, you know, I stumble, I fall, I, come, I, fall up, I, I fall short, or I fell short, which was the challenge last week that I gave you guys, which by the way, some of you did that. I want to thank Taylor for that. I want to thank uh, George for that. And, um, and, and I was thinking about this morning, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm an idiot because um, here's how I fell short even today. It feels like it happens on Sundays. Um, I, I, you're going to laugh at me. This was like an hour ago. I was throwing my keys in the air because who does that, okay? But I was excited. I'm having a fun time. I was running out to my truck, and I'm throwing my keys in the air, and just I'm chasing them like a three-year-old. But I throw them in the air, and I'm chasing them. I catch them, and I'm throwing them, and I'm chasing them, and catching them. And there's a long sidewalk. It's how I keep myself busy and keep myself occupied. I throw them up in the air for like the fourth time, and they don't come down because they got stuck in a palm frond. <laughs> And one of these trees over here. And before I did that, I knew, I've I'm, I'm told myself, self, this is not a good idea. 
But, you know, sometimes we do things because it's fun and it may not be the best idea ever. And, uh, and, and, and they got stuck up in the tree. And so I had to get a pole and knock them down. They, they eventually came down, uh, thankful that, <laughs> that I could get them down. But the whole point of even me saying that is, you know what, we, we make mistakes. Sometimes we chase the wrong thing. Sometimes we know that we shouldn't be doing something and we do it anyway. And then afterward, we have to suffer the consequences of that decision. Like keys up in the tree. 30 minutes before we start. <laughs> but we do it anyway. And the whole point of me even saying this and emphasizing this again is, is we are a church filled with imperfect people. And if, if we could come to grips with that, it's not celebrating that, but if we could come to grips with that, it is so monumental for being able to take that next step in our walk and in our, in our, in our faith in Jesus. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's not one person righteous other than Jesus. There is not one perfect, that is, one perfect person that has ever lived and walked on this earth, even though we know some people that probably think that they are perfect. And it may be news to them, but they're not. And deep down, I think we all know that we're not perfect. And it says in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, that all have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. This is, this is Paul writing this. He says, hey, listen, we are all sinners. We all come up short. There is not one person that is righteous. We are all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God. And the purpose and the reason for even saying this is so that we would be able to humble ourselves and recognize, you best recognize, that we're not Jesus. We are not God. And so many times we make idols of ourselves where we think that we could figure this out. I go through so many difficult things in my life, it's okay, because I got this. I can figure this out. And we have a, a, a saying that we like to say at Anchor Church very often, and it is this. It is, never stop improving. That, that we can go from where we were to be something else, but if it's not in Christ, then it's not for anything good, because we can't, we can't solve everything. We can't fix everything. There are many things that are out of our control because we're not perfect. We are sinners. We're not righteous. And we all fall short of the glory of God. So when we look at our life and we look at where we've been and where we are, if we can come to the grips of understanding that we are not perfect, Again, it's the first thing that we mention when we talk about our church because, again, we want this to be a safe place, as Megan mentioned earlier. We want this to be a safe place where people would feel welcome. They understand that when they're walking into a place, they don't have to put a mask on. They don't have to put on a front. They don't have to do all these things to make it feel like that they fit in. Come as you are. Understand that Jesus pulled a group of 12 disciples together, and they weren't perfect, there were plenty of people that thought that they were perfect. There were plenty of religious people that were doing the things that they thought that was the right thing to do, and they thought that they were this high and mighty group of people. Jesus didn't pick them. He picked the people that were least expected. And I say all that to say that in Matthew chapter, what's the next one we have? I've got so many good scriptures in Matthew today. Matthew chapter 16 Matthew chapter 16 says this. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself. Again, humble himself. Recognize that it's not all about you. 
You have to deny yourself. They have to deny themselves. Take up their cross and follow me. Jesus says, if you want to come after me, if you want to be my disciple, if you want to say that you are with me, if you want to say that you're one of my guys, if you want to say that you're one of my followers, one of my disciples, one of the guys that's close to me, if you're going to chase after me, if you're going to consider yourself, and we can look at ourselves in this way too, if you're going to say that yourself that I'm a Christ follower and I'm serious about my relationship with him, then we need to deny ourselves and recognize that we aren't perfect. It's not about me. It's not about us. It's not about what I'm doing. It's not about my preferences. It's not about about um, my job and, and, and making sure that it is happening the way that I want it to be. It is all about him. I must deny myself, humble myself, take up my cross, which means recognize that what you are saying when you say that I'm with Jesus, when I am pursuing him and pursuing a life with him, it's going to be difficult because the cross symbolizes and, and represents something that is not happy. When Jesus was talking about the cross at this time, that was the death chair. As we symbolize or recognize a, 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 an electric chair or, or the lethal injection, that is what Jesus was saying. That when you decide that you're going to deny yourself and you're going to humble yourself and say that it's not about me and that I'm going to chase after what you want, Jesus, that I am basically committing my life to you and it may not be everything that I want it to be, but it's going to be everything that you want it to be. It's, it may not be the most beautiful and great destination, but eventually when we get there, we'll, we'll reckon, that's not right. It's a beautiful destination, but the journey might not be what we expect. Then follow me. Because in this life, when we are committing ourselves to Jesus and we recognize that we humble ourselves and we commit ourselves to Jesus and we chase after him and we pursue after him, sometimes we have to give up things. Sometimes we have to give up an old way. Sometimes we have to give up people that are bringing us down. Because the closer and closer we get to Jesus, the closer and closer we get to the cross, and we start to look around, those things aren't going to be around us. If you're serious about your relationship with Jesus, the closer and closer that you get to him, some of these other things are not going to matter, and you're going to leave them behind. And sometimes we hold on to them too long. And they slow us down, they bring us down. And what Jesus is saying in this verse is he's saying, you've got to deny yourself and your preferences and your wants and your desires. You've got to give them to me. And you've got to take up your cross, forget some of the old things because this might not be the easiest thing in the world to do and follow me. And then the next verse says this. For, uh, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life because of me will find it. So we put to death this old life. And in this new life is resurrected in him. And, and that's it's symbolization with baptism. And we'll have a baptism here in a few weeks. And if you've never been baptized before, simply what we celebrate in baptism is an old life and a new life. Putting to death the old way before you knew Christ and then celebrating the resurrection of Christ inside of you. Coming up is a symbolization of a new life. It's a symbolization of this, that whoever wants to save his life will lose it and whoever loses his life because of me will find it. You will find joy. You will find new things in him because of what he did for us on the cross.
the next verse, chapter, I mean, uh, yeah, chapter, chapter 16, verse 26. What will it benefit a man if he is against the world and loses his life? Or what will a man give in exchange for his life? We have to make a decision. Sometimes it's not the easiest one. It's a very difficult decision. But when we decide to chase after Jesus, sometimes things get left behind. And you may have relationships, you may have friendships, you may have uh, desires. But I'm telling you that when you pursue after him, you'll start to see a new life, a new joy, a new thing in your life and what he's doing in you and through you that it won't even matter anymore. In Matthew, what's the next one? That Matthew chapter uh, 11 Jesus is challenging his disciples and he says this. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. He says, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I'll give you rest. For those of us that are struggling and have different things and that's every single one of us, we have this uh, condition which is a sin condition. We are, we are often very heavy laden with what is happening. We've got what the monkey on our back that we like to say a lot. It's a saying that we have, but come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Jesus provides the rest that we so desire and the rest that we so need. In verse 29, he says, all of you, all of you take up my yoke and learn from me because I am gentle and humble in heart and you will find rest in yourselves. So that when we chase after him and we find rest in him because what he has provided for us is this yoke to be able to take away the burdens, take away the stress, take away the things that we have. There have been many times in my life where I have decided I can't handle this anymore on my own. I need to give it to Jesus. And that happens a lot. And I'm telling you, he will take away the sins of the world, he will take away the burdens that you have. He will take away the stress that you have if you humble yourself and you give it to him. Sometimes we think that we've got to do everything. We've got to accomplish all of this on our own. And that's why he is here for us. He takes on the burdens. He takes on those stress. He takes on those things for us that we would be able to find rest in him. And he so desires that in us. We are not perfect. And sometimes we, we like to hide the fact that that, uh, that we're not. And it starts at an early age. I have, I have a daughter. I only have one. I have a daughter who likes to lie. You can pre pretty much guess who she is if you know my family. <laughs> She's got a, a lying condition. She's beautiful. She takes after her mom. But she is strong-willed. She takes after her mom. <laughs> but she's got a lying problem. She takes after her daddy. Um... <laughs> And just yesterday, she came to us, and, and we were asking her something, and, and, and I said, Jilly, what's the truth? Did you really do this? No. Jilly, no. Jilly, don't make me check the cameras. Now, we don't have cameras. <laughs> Told you I've got a problem too, right? Don't make me ch check the cameras. I didn't, Daddy, I promise. All right, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to go check the cameras. No, 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 no,
All right, I'm going to go check the camera. And it's a back and forth because she will not let loose on the fact that she's not telling the truth. She's four years old. This is not something that she was taught. I didn't tell her, hey, listen, this is a great way to get out of something. But it's something that is in us. And sometimes we like to cover it and sometimes we carry the weight of that. But listen, Jesus is here and he is telling us, he's saying, listen, I know that you are going through difficult things. I know that this is a stress for you. I know that this is the hardest moment of your life. I know that you want and you think that you can cover this and you feel like that you can take care of this. I know that you are carrying this and you don't need to carry it anymore. I'm here. I will lift that off of you. I will take your burdens away from you because it is easy for me to do that. Let me lighten the load from you. And all he's wanting from us is for us to be able to deny ourselves, to humble ourselves and say, Jesus, I'm not perfect. I need you. As much as I try to figure this out on my own, Jesus, I need you. That's what he wants from us. I'm Jilly's daddy and I love her so much and I don't want her to have that lying problem for the rest of her life. I want to reveal it. I want her to be able to acknowledge the fact that she's lying. I want her to come forth and to say, Daddy, I'm not telling the truth. I'm not going to strike down lightning on top of her and say, ha, ha, I told you you were lying. That's not the point of what I'm trying to do. The point of what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, Jilly, we don't need to, tell, we don't need to lie. Just tell me the truth, and we can work it out. We can figure it out. And that's what Jesus is doing for us. He's saying, I know that it's heavy. I know that you need help. Come to me. I know that you're heavy laden with all these things that are going on in your life. I will lighten the load. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Psalms will tell us that he will separate our sin from as far as the east is from the west. And I, I did the math. I've been on a flight to the other side of the far east, the world. It's a 16-hour flight. 16-hour flights times um, 550 miles an hour on an airplane. That's really far away. And Jesus, the, the, Jesus will tell us that he'll separate us from as far away as it, it, the east is from the west. And what he does is he throws our sins. When he's on the cross dying for us on our sins... He's doing that for us. He says, I'm gonna separate you from this. You don't have to carry this burden with you. You don't have to have this with you. You don't have to have this struggle. I'm gonna take that sin. I'm gonna throw it into a sea of forgetfulness and you don't have to worry about that anymore because it's on me. You're not perfect and I'll cover that. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he covered the sins of the world. And that was the sins that, of the world that were happening at that time, and they were happening in all time. 
Jesus, when he is approached by Pharisees in Matthew chapter 9, verse 11, it says, when the Pharisees saw this, talking about Jesus hanging out with the, the unlikelies, the imperfect people, the people that they would have never assumed that they were going to be. The Pharisees were mad that Jesus wasn't hanging out with them, basically. Hey, listen, we're doing everything right. We're obeying the law. Jesus says, you're just as filthy as everybody else. But here's what's cool about these guys is that they know. They know that they're not perfect. And that's who Jesus wants to work with. That's who Jesus wants to help is people that would humble themselves. And when Jesus heard that, that the Pharisees were upset about the teacher, the Messiah, eating and hanging out with tax collectors and sinners, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 9, verse 12. He said, those who are well don't need a doctor, but the sick do. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice for I don't come to call the righteous, but sinners. There is no one righteous, not one. Now there's self-proclaimed righteousness. But Jesus is coming after those who would deny themselves who are willing to take up their cross and follow him. Jesus took on the sins of the world for everybody. But if we're gonna take that next step as a church, individually, as, as Christ followers, we have to come to a realization and to a place where we recognize that I can't, I can't do this on my own. I need to give this. I don't need to give that. I need to surrender. I need to come to a place of surrender. And often when we sing worship songs, and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, but you'll see somebody raise their hand, or maybe two. It's an international sign of surrender. not a place of show or it's not to say hey look at me I'm, I'm waving my hand so I'm more religious than everybody else here it's a great way for you to show God hey listen I surrender now whether you do that when you sing or not doesn't matter but in your personal walk and your personal relationship with Jesus that's what matters have you come to a place where you say, Jesus, I surrender all. I know that you're here for me. I know that you have given your life for me. I know that you have done all of this for me. And maybe I have recognized you as my Savior, but have I really given you everything? Have I really humbled myself? And do I really do that daily? Am I really surrendering? what I would challenge you with this morning is take a look at your relationship with Jesus 
and understand that he's there. He wants to have you, his arms, when he's on the cross. I think there's some beautiful symbolization because when he's hanging there on the cross, his arms are wide open. Just like a dad, just like a mom, just like a friend or somebody you haven't seen forever comes to and approaches you with the biggest hug. They want to wrap you around in his arms to say, come find rest in me. You don't have to carry this. Let me help you. Let me show you the way. challenge you that with I want to challenge with you with that this morning to say have you surrendered have you surrendered your burdens and have you surrendered yourself to Christ this morning let's bow our heads and let's close our eyes just for a moment and I want to have a time just for self-reflection sometimes this might be the hardest time in a service where we're sitting there and somebody's talking the hunger pangs are hitting ready for lunch but I want you to think just for a moment has there been a time in your life where you've said yes Jesus I need you in my life I surrender everything to you I want you to be my savior I want you to be my my king If there hasn't been a time in your life where you've done that, then I want to invite you to do that because simply put, Scripture will tell us, and this is the gospel, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins because we are imperfect. And that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and we actually believe in our heart that Jesus was raised from the dead to conquer all sin, that we would be saved. Saved is a church word to say that we no longer are slave to our sin. We are no longer indebted to the sin that traps us into a a place of eternal damnation. That when we accept Christ as Savior, we get the eternal benefit of being in heaven with Jesus forever. And that's why the cross exists. That's why we celebrate the cross. So if you've never in your life said, Jesus, I need you, I'm a sinner, to come into my life and I want you to change me. Please, Lord, save me. I believe in who you are and I believe in what you did. Come into my life and help me. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.